Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, the bombshell sports story from over the weekend was Shohei Otani signing with the L.A. Dodgers for an enormous record-setting contract for a professional sports team player. $700 million over 10 years. Yes, uh, there's discussion about a lot of the money being deferred, apparently um, requested by Otani which may change the net present-day value to somewhere in the $400 million range. But still, uh, this was a massive deal with a lot of craziness around it, especially on Friday with the reports that he was flying to Toronto. Jumping on with us right now is one of my favorite people to talk baseball with, and that is Mark Zuckerman, who, of course, covers the Nats for Mass and Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Zuckerman. You can listen to his Nats Chat podcast with our good friend Al Galdi wherever you get a podcast. So will you start by just taking us through this chronologically, starting with the craziness of Friday? Like, were you buying into the rumors that he was heading to Toronto um, I was not necessarily paying attention to it sort of round by round on Friday. I was away for the weekend. But just tell me sort of how the whole thing played out. <laughs> well, let me take you a little further back, Kevin, and just to explain how this whole free agency uh, worked with him. Very different from most players in that Otani and his agent, uh, Nez Bolello, had made it clear from the beginning they weren't going to be talking about it all. They weren't going to leak anything. They told the teams they were meeting with if anybody leaks any information, we're going to hold this against you. So there was already this shroud of secrecy to the whole process, and nobody really knew deep down what was happening. And so at the winter meetings in Nashville last week where all of us were gathered, uh, Dave Roberts, Dodgers manager, is asked, have you guys met with Otani? And he decides to tell the truth. And he says, well, yeah, a few days ago we actually met with him. 
we thought, hope it went well. We hope he signs with us. And that's all he said. He got in trouble for saying that from his bosses. They scolded him for actually having the audacity just to say the truth. Yes, we met with him uh, because now they worried this might mean he wouldn't sign with them at all. So the meetings end Thursday, you get to Friday, and now you start to get rumblings that he's getting closer to a deal. We knew Toronto was one of the teams in the mix for sure. And then you had uh, one person, a non-sports writer, finding this private jet and, and tracking it from Orange County to Toronto and everyone thinking, well, this must be it. And then an actual legitimate sports writer, well-respected John Morosi, the MLB Network, saying that sources are telling him that Otani is on the plane flying to Toronto. Not that a deal was done, but that he was flying there. So, you know, so Morosi is the one that really moved the odds. Because yeah. Toronto went from eighteen to one to six to one to, to sign Otani, it wasn't the it wasn't the 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 non-reporter. Morosi's a well-respected reporter, right? He just got this wrong. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he uh, if I remember right, because you know who, who keeps track of who wins each story, but I I want to say yeah. Morosi was the first one with the Juan Soto trade a couple years ago. So I mean, he has a track record of of being a good reporter who gets things right, and he he botched this one. He got it wrong, and he's admitted that. Uh, so much. So uh, later in the day, you find out from other reporters, no, he's still in California. He never flew to Toronto. Turns out that, that flight they were tracking was this guy who's uh, uh, one of the hosts of Shark Tank. He's a Canadian billionaire. Yeah, Robert. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a massive Shark Tank fan. Yeah. Robert Herkovich. So it, it was. It he's actually my least favorite shark by a lot um, <laughs> and gets the least amount of deals. Uh, Cuban and Lori get the, the, the t- most and probably Mr. Wonderful after that. If you're a shark tank fan. <laughs> okay, but anyway, go, go ahead. So it turns out it was him all along. Now we get to Saturday and nobody broke the story except for Shohei Otani. He posted it himself to announce that he was signing with the Dodgers. And so, you know, in some respects, I give him a ton of credit. He wanted to keep this private. He controlled the story. And it's certainly a black mark on a lot of the people in my industry who are under a lot of pressure, of course, to try to break these kind of stories. But as we all learn in journalism school, or hopefully so, it's more important to be right than to be first. And if you're going to put it out there and be first, you better be 100% sure that you're right. And in this case, he wasn't. Can, so I, I saw that his statement on Instagram, right, where he writes, to all the fans and everyone involved in the baseball world, I apologize for taking so long to come to a decision. I don't think it was that long, was it? Um, no. He writes, no. I have decided to choose the Dodgers as my next team. I'm just curious, who was the first to break the news with respect to the money, or was that something announced by the Dodgers officially? <laughs> Uh, no, it, it, in fact, the Dodgers still haven't formally announced. I don't believe. I, I haven't checked this morning. Uh, it was one of the national reporters. And I honestly don't remember if it was okay. Jeff Passan or Ken Rosenthal or John Amon or one of those guys, I think, was first with the money. So once Otani put it out there, then obviously whether it was Otani's people or the Dodgers themselves were leaking the, the terms of the deal. Okay. So how shocked was everybody in your industry at the number 700 million, 10 years, putting all the deferred compensation aside still that, that headline number was much more, wasn't it than anticipated? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the shocking thing. It's not that he chose the Dodgers in the end. It's that, that $700 million number, especially when it's you know, quote unquote, only 10 years, um, you know, unprecedented. I think, a lot of people were speculating maybe 500 or maybe there was a chance at 600. Uh, I don't remember anybody saying they actually believed 700 was in play. I mean, the previous record was Mike Trout in the 400s, 
uh, the, the offer the Nats made to Soto of 440 would have been the record. So, I mean, you're, you're surpassing that by leaps and bounds. But I think what this shows and confirms that we all kind of knew is that Shohei Otani is a unicorn. He doesn't – none of the traditional rules apply to him because you're essentially paying him like you would a star pitcher and you're paying him like you would a star hitter combined. And that's basically what he is. Somebody pointed out Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole, the contracts they got from the Yankees, total $690 million. So you basically are paying Shohei Otani as if he is Aaron Judge as a hitter and Garrett Cole as a pitcher, and so he gets it all. And I think we all wondered, like, how do you figure out in your mind how to pay this guy who does both jobs and does them so well? Do you treat him like two separate players? And I guess in the end the answer is, Yes, you do, even though he's not even going to pitch this year. We don't really know what his pitching future is because of his elbow injury. Well, what is his pitching future? I, I, you know, I read over the weekend he's going to be able to be in the lineup as a DH to certainly start the 2024 season, but when will he be able to pitch? At 2025 at the earliest. So the, the, what happened here, he previously had Tommy John surgery early in his career uh, with the Angels. And then he did suffer another at least partial tear of the elbow ligament this year. Um, could have had a second Tommy John surgery, which some guys have come back from, but the track record is far less for that than the first time. Uh, he wound up getting, and this, this is where a lot of the frustration has come in, they didn't fully reveal exactly what it was, but they said he had had a procedure, not Tommy John surgery, but some other kind of procedure that he would miss the entire 2024 season from pitching, that he can still hit, and he did hit for the uh, uh, Angels later in the season after suffering the arm injury. So he can be a DH all year and then work on rehabbing his pitching injury and in theory come back in 2025. But really, we don't know for certain when, how that's going to go, what he's going to be like, is it going to blow out of him eventually where he would need Tommy John? I, there, that's a huge unknown there. And so there, the Dodgers are taking a risk here. I mean, obviously you're taking a risk of $700 million, but they're taking the risk that they just gave him this contract to ultimately just be a DH for them for the next 10 years. So I think Mark Zuckerman, of course, from Mass and Sports is joining us. I think most people understand the unicorn nature to who, uh, to, to who Shohei Otani is. Where would he be on the list of best players in the game if he weren't a pitcher? I think he'd be on the short list of, of one of the best hitters and certainly power hitters. He's not the best. He's not Aaron Judge, but he's not that far off. And I forget the exact numbers, but it's like somebody figured out like he, he's essentially one of the he's essentially a top ten hitter and a top ten pitcher in baseball at the same time. He's not number one in either of those, but he's top 10. So he is obviously really, really good. And I think beyond that, and the reason that the Dodgers are able to do this and willing to do this is that he's so much more than just the player. It's the sensation. It's the marketing. It's opening up all of Japan now to, uh, to LA and to the Dodgers, you know, the TV ratings that they're going to get, not just at home, but now people watching in Japan, everything that goes with that is why they feel like he's worth the money. Now, I can make the argument here, and I've been thinking it myself all weekend, that this may not have been the smartest baseball move for the Dodgers, that this is a team that already wins 100 games every year, no matter what. They're going to make the playoffs with or without him. Would they have been better off spending that same amount of money on two ace-level pitchers or one ace and one position player that you're two separate guys that maybe help you win in October 
you know, they're still going to draw 40,000 a night. They always do no matter what. That is Otani really bringing that much value to them or giving them that much more chance of winning a World Series? So I don't know that that's true, uh, but they feel like it's all the other stuff off the field that makes such a difference. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. I, to me, that's very interesting. Like if you were to take that money and and put the business, you know, increase, uh, which is a big part of this, to, to, to the side, would it actually be – would there be a comparable baseball move that actually would come with less risk because it's not all into one player? Um, by the way, why am I – and I've heard and read that this is going to do an amazing uh, – an amazing – it's an amazing business story because it will increase – the the uh, interest in the Dodgers from the Asian community exponentially. Why was I under the impre- impression that the Dodgers were already a favored team among the Asian community? Well, I think they are. I think the West Coast teams get more attention. Of I think just the time difference, and you know they they had Hideo Nomo back Nomo. in the day. They, they've had uh, you know Japanese and other Asian players. I think Otani again. He's in this whole different category. The amount of attention he gets back home in Japan the number of reporters who follow him around and cover him every day, just covering him doesn't matter what else his team is doing. They just cover him. And the way it's consumed back in Japan is, is unprecedented. And we've seen that kind of like, we thought it was unprecedented with Ichiro in Seattle and with Nomo when he first got here and uh, Hideki Matsui in New York. Like there've been this, a bunch of these guys, but he has taken it to a whole uh, another level. He truly is in a sport in which it's hard for one player to be that huge and make that much difference, he's as close as it gets to that, uh, both at home and abroad. So I get that. I don't know the financial stuff, you know what that really means for the Dodgers. Um, but, I, you know, again, in my mind, I know I've read a lot of people here saying, hey, this, this is good for baseball that he's with the Dodgers. Maybe it is. I also think it would have been great for baseball if he was with Toronto or some other team that wouldn't be getting the attention that the Dodgers already get and maybe helping that other team win. I think the, ultimately what's good for baseball is for Shohei Otani to be in the playoffs every year, which he has never made once right. with the Angels. I think that's the biggest thing. You saw that World Baseball Classic with him and Trout, what that right. meant because they'd never been on that stage before. Now put Otani in October, no matter what team is with, but a team now that should be there every October in the Dodgers, I think that makes a big difference for baseball. Not that it matters once we get to the postseason, as we just witnessed uh, with a Texas-Arizona World Series, but does this make them the favorite, or are the Braves still the favorite? Well, that's the thing. What I'm saying is I don't know that he makes that much difference for a team that was already really, really good. The Dodgers' biggest issue here the last few years has been more pitching than hitting, and if he's not available to pitch for them in the next year, then he's not going to help in that regard. Again, he's a really good player, and he's – He's joining a lineup with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and a bunch of mm-hmm. others. So, uh, I mean, they're going to be unstoppable. They're going to win 100 games. It's hard to believe that they wouldn't. But as you just said, you get to October, you can try to build the best possible team to win a title. But we have seen it doesn't work like that. You, you do the best you can. You try to have the right pieces. But ultimately, it's about the guys playing the best at the right time, the team that's healthiest, and the team that catches the, the breaks in the right moments. That's just the way it works. All right, um, real quickly, a couple of other things. Uh, did the Yankees do the right thing, and will they end up signing Soto to a long-term deal? They did what the Yankees feel like they're supposed to do, and that's go get the best available player no matter what. 
They had the prospects to, to do it. So, sure, I think the Padres did the right thing at this point. I don't think they come out on top at the end because of, they got much less in this trade than they right. gave up uh, initially for him. But it was a lost cause. Uh, that team was not going to win next year with him, and then he's going to be free agent. He was not going to resign there. I think that was clear. So you make the move now. Now, I think the Yankees have the best chance of anyone of maybe convincing him to sign before he gets to free agency. But at the same time, he's made it this far. Why would he agree to a deal when he's a year away? He could still resign with the Yankees if that's where he wants to be. But why wouldn't he go ahead and test the market and, and get teams bidding against each other next winter? I'm sure that's what Scott Boris will tell him. Unless one is just so um, – fed up with and not wanting to be a part of that process and go through all that unless he really loves it in New York and says, this is where I want to be. You know, I think there's a a chance of that happening more so than somewhere else, but I still feel like ultimately he goes to free agency and then it's just a matter of if he wants to sign with the Yankees again or where he ends up getting the biggest offer. from. All right. Uh, Winter meetings almost came and went without the Nats doing anything, but they did add, uh, they did add, um, uh, Nick Senzel to a $2 million deal. Just tell us who Nick Senzel is and what he adds to the Nats lineup. He was a top prospect of the Reds. He was the number two overall pick in 2016. His career just didn't pan out the way that he thought it would, both injuries and poor performances. He's bounced around a lot of positions. The Nats feel like third base is his best, and that's where he has his best chance of being successful. But really what that move said to me is, and Mike Grizzo said it repeatedly all week at the winter meetings, they aren't going to make any moves that block their top prospects. Brady House, their number one pick from 2021, third baseman. They're hoping he's big league ready at some point in 2024, probably the later end of the year. By signing Senzel and not bringing back James Candelario, who got a three-year deal from the Reds, that says to me that they're committed to whatever they do right now. They're going to plug some holes on short-term deals and make sure that when the kids are ready, they can be called up and not be blocked from playing every day. Plenty of kids uh, to get called up uh, down the road. Um, last one, any update on the Nats sale? None, and I've got no impression that that's going to change anytime soon. Um, I think Mark Lerner knows that. I don't know if the rest of his family is totally on board with it, but I think he understands that. And, you know, the re- – it's frustrating for everyone. They just want they want to know one way or the other. Are they are you in or are you out? I think they're in until something pretty dramatic changes with the TV deal or somebody makes an offer that hasn't been made yet. The key, like I said, this winter they probably weren't going to spend a lot anyways. If the kids come up in the next year, if they look legit, if this team approaches 81 wins this year, does Mark Lerner and his family agree to write the checks next winter? For big free agents because they think they're ready to win. I think that's the big unspoken thing right now, and until we get to that point, we aren't going to know. But I don't see a sale happening anytime soon, barring a real dramatic change in the way things have gone. So I want to I want to make sure I just understood what you said. It's essentially, they're sitting there. They'd love to see like the massive improvement that some teams made this year, the Reds as an example, and to be in contention for two reasons. One, it gives them the option of saying, well, let's keep it and let's 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 get after our next, you know, big run of, you know, four or five playoff, you know, years in the next eight or nine. Or they'll view it as we just increase the value of the team. The team looks a lot better than it did a year ago, and maybe we can get our price. See, I think that, too, although I've had people tell me it doesn't matter the team's record 
right. uh, isn't going to change what they get. It's really more about the TV deal and just the overall state of the organization. So I, I think it has more to do with um, do they feel like the team will be ready to contend again a year from now? And if so, Mike Rizzo is going to say, hey, it's time to spend money again and invest in this payroll. Corbin will be off the books. Strasburg will still be being paid, but obviously that's you know secondary to everything else at this point. So I think that's really the question. That there's a there's a legitimate baseball argument to make right now that it's not the time to go all in on free agency. A year from now, Mike Rizzo hopes that there is a compelling argument to do that, and then it's up to the Lerner family whether they are willing to make that commitment again. At Mark Zuckerman on Twitter, listen to his Natch Chat podcast with Galdi. Read him on Mass and Sports at MassandSports.com. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. You got it. Anytime, Kevin. Up next, Ben Standig will jump on with us. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 